0: Good to see everyone. That was good, wasn't it? That time of prayer, that time of worship. Um, and it's led us nicely into to, uh, what I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. But it's um, greetings from the Payne family. Um, we serve as executive pastors at Family Church, which means that um, we oversee kind of the running of stuff uh, throughout the whole church. And it's a pleasure now to be able to get to each of the congregations once a month um, just to, to say hello uh, sometimes preaching, sometimes not, but, um, uh, you know, just to see our, our family in our different locations. And um, it's a growing family here in Gospel, isn't it? Um, and and that's exciting. And, uh, you know, I, I keep hearing great stuff about, about everything about Gospel, about the community work, um, about Sundays, um, about the connect groups and, and so on. And it's exciting to just... Um, See that in each of our congregations, that God is moving and God is working. So, um, hi from Pastor Andy and Gina as well. Um, next year, we're planning in um, times when Pastor Andy and Gina are going to be speaking in our congregations as well. Um, so, so, this is good. And, and uh, in Portsmouth, as you know, we've got now Sean and Paula uh, overseeing the Portsmouth congregation, which means that, that we're a little bit freer to do this kind of stuff, which is exciting. So, our daughter Lola is with us today, she's seven, she's in kids' church, and then our two little boys, um, Corbin, who is 18, and about here, um, and Elliot, who is 15, and about here, um, they're both in Portsmouth today, because uh, they got all their mates over there, they didn't want to come over here, because uh, uh, they're, they're involved, they're, they're, they're serving God over there in Portsmouth. So, I'm going to be sharing part two of our... Uh, series on prayer. So this is part two of ten today. There are ten sessions um, on this series called prayer. And last week, last week you had a teaching on what is prayer. It was Mr. Kerwin who shared that teaching, wasn't it? Senior, not junior, not yet. That's next week, right? That's next week, yeah. So um, yeah, Kerwin Senior, Romeo shared uh, the teaching on what is prayer. So he was just talking about the fact that prayer is a two-way communication with God. Prayer builds our relationship with God. It's a lifestyle, not an obligation. Did he say some of those things last week? I think so. Um, And prayer is to be real and authentic. You know, you can be real with God, um, yet we also want to pray with faith. um, And it's something that we do on our own, individually, as well as together with other people. Um, We call that corporately, or I prefer the word collectively. Um, with other people. Um, today I'm going to be talking about teach us to pray and I'm going to try and get this done in 22 minutes because <laughs> that's, that's all that the Holy Spirit left me today. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so we're going to actually look at a conversation that Jesus had with his disciples about prayer. Um, when they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray So they'd seen the religious leaders praying, the Pharisees and the priests, and they'd watched Jesus as he walked in relationship with God the Father. And they'd seen Jesus communicating with the Father. And for some reason, um, the the disciples were drawn towards the way that Jesus approached prayer and approached the Father, uh, rather than the religious way that the Pharisees and the priests did it. So we're going to just read quickly from Matthew chapter 6. You can find this this same teaching from Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 11, but we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. So, Father, I just thank you that as I continue to share today, uh, Lord, you'd speak um, through the words that I share, um, that my words would be your words, and that you would inspire us to understand more about prayer today through your word. And I I pray, Father, that my words would, would be nothing, but your word would be everything today. Lord, that you'd speak into our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The Matthew six verses five to fifteen it says this: This is from the New King James Version. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. That's good to know, isn't it? In this manner, therefore, pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. But if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, we're just going to do as much as we've got time for today, I reckon. Um, And we may come back to that in a minute, that last part. But I just want to um, start by looking at some principles that we find in this whole passage. And first of all, looking at verses 5 to 8, before Jesus actually prayed this model prayer that he was teaching the disciples uh, in terms of how to pray, here's a model prayer for you. But before we get there, um, there are three Don'ts that Jesus said in that very, at the start of that passage. First of all, in verse 5, he said, Don't be like the hypocrites because they basically pray to be seen by others. So there's a don't there, isn't there? Don't pray to be seen. We're not doing this for show, are we? Right. Number two, another don't is don't pray repetitive words or statements that don't mean anything. And and don't mean anything to you. That's found in verse 7. It says, don't need vain repetitions as the heathen do. And then the third don't is, don't pray like the religious or the heathens. So in other words, how do the religious pray? Well, they pray, but there's no power because it is just religion. It's just a thing they do out of religious habit. And in 2 Timothy 3 verse 5, which isn't on the screen, it tells us, to turn away from those who have a form of godliness, but deny its power. And so that tells me something. It tells me that actually God doesn't want us to be a people who just have religion, who just have um, a habitual way of approaching God, but he wants there to be power in our walk with God. He wants us to, to pray in such a way that we see the power and the life of God at work. And also... Um, Jesus said, that don't pray like the heathens or the unbelievers." That's what a heathen is. It's someone that's not part of a religious group. Um, in other words, praying into the air with no faith at all. Um, I remember going to scout parades. So I remember being in school assemblies. And, and as a child, I had faith in God. I prayed these these uh, prayers that we would be asked to pray, and sung these songs that we prayed at our uh, that we sang at our scout parades with faith in my heart. But I realised quickly, that I was stood along a whole load of people that were just saying words. These words meant nothing to them. They they didn't believe a word that they were saying <laughs> regarding the prayers that they were praying and the songs that they were singing. It, and Jesus said, don't be like them. So there's three don'ts. And, a, and then we see three Wens. Three whens. Silly billies. So three don'ts and three wins So Jesus said in verse 6, he said, When you pray, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in the secret place. So in other words, the first when is this. When you pray, pray in a private place where there's no distractions. So we're talking about praying alone. Pray in a private place where there's no distractions. Second when, when you pray, pray to your Father who is waiting for you in that place. He is ready to meet with you. Do you know that God is always ready to meet with you? It's a bit like me these days with my sons. Um, you know, they're out so much doing their thing that when they come home, I'm like, right, let's spend some time together now. And they're like, no, I'm just going off again, Dad. Okay, right, I have to wait till the next time. And I think God's like that sometimes with us, isn't he? He's like, oh, I'm so excited that, that Stuart is going, coming into this place and closing the door and spending time with me. And then I'm like, right, Two minutes has gone. I need to go now, Lord. I've got things to do for you and your kingdom, um, and uh, and I think actually there's something that God prefers, isn't there? And He said that you know Jesus made that clear when He was um, at um, Martha and Mary's house, at Martha's house, and Martha was going around busy and doing all this, and she, and, and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus said, "This is the better way. This is the better way." And, and as a as a doing person, <laughs> as as a as, as an organizer. Um, I need to remember the better way is to sit at the feet of Jesus. Um, that's the better way. And, and the third one in that first section of the scripture there, in verse 8 we see um, Jesus says, Therefore don't be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. So when you pray, play from a, pray from a platform of relationship with God, knowing that God Knows exactly what you need, and that is good to know, isn't it? That no matter what is going on in our lives, no matter what circumstances we're facing, God knows exactly what we need, amen. So we pray from that platform. Now, I'm not going to look at all of these principles, but there are seven main principles in the model prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. And I'm just going to start with the very first one, because I think, for me, this is probably the, the most important thing to get out of the model prayer that Jesus gave. And he starts by saying in verse 9, he says, In this manner, therefore pray, what does he say? Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. Let's just stop there, because that is really important to understand. First of all, Jesus isn't, isn't saying, my father in heaven about himself only he's not um saying our father as in um you know god's not into individuals he's just into groups of people um god is saying our father as in when you pray talk to god as your father as an individual he is your heavenly father it says in one john three verse one this is the truth over our lives today it says see what great love The Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Stop there on that verse. That is what we are. You know that you're a child of God. You know that you're loved by God. That God is your Father in heaven. And whatever view of fathers that you have, um, however you've been treated by a father, um, whatever kind of father you are, you may feel like you are literally the best father in the whole world. Um, well God is better than you Um, he is the best Um, he is totally loving and totally faithful and never lets us down Um, he is kind and he is gentle and he is good and he knows what is best for us always Um, I mean I know what's best for my sons always but they don't believe me most of the time Um, they think they know what's best (laughs) I don't know where they got that from Um, I wasn't like that when I was their age (laughs) but (laughs) but you know god really does know best and he loves it when we come to him and he loves it when we say father talk to me father teach me your ways share your wisdom with me help me to find strength in this situation our father in heaven who is kind and gentle and faithful and in every way will never let you down loves it when you come to him um Just to be very clear, God is one God, um, yet three persons. So God is our Father in heaven. And we have relationship with God, the Father in heaven, because of God, the Son, Jesus. Because God himself stepped into this world in the form of a man, Jesus. And Jesus took our sin on the cross. As Pastor Jeff talked about when he introduced the communion earlier, Jesus took our sin. He took our sin. He took the sin nature upon himself and he paid the ultimate penalty, which was death on the cross. And because Jesus did that, um, we now stand free from our sin nature. Um, We stand loved by God. We stand before God, righteous in his sight, perfect in the eyes of God. Not because of what we've done, but by by his grace, by his mercy and grace, we stand before God loved by God and accepted by him. And and so we have relationship with God the Father because of God the Son, because of Jesus. But not only that, it's God the Holy Spirit who is outworking the good, the pleasing, and the perfect will of God the Father in our lives. Amen? So, So God is always present with us. He is not just faithful, he isn't just for us, but he's always present with us by his Holy Spirit, and, and God, the Holy Spirit, outworks the will of Father God in our lives. Isn't that amazing that we can have relationship with God the Father through Jesus and by His Spirit? God is outworking His great purpose in our lives. And you know, I just said um, the verse from Romans twelve verse two. Um, his will for us is good pleasing and perfect. It's absolutely perfect. So if you, you know, if you never know what to do, just say, Lord, your will be done. Your will be done because it's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect in our lives. That's the first thing I wanted to talk about. The second thing is, is the next part of that statement there in verse 9. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, um, I think it was Pastor Andy that said that uh, he, when he was a kid, he always thought God's name was Harold. Harold be your name. Um, <laughs> it's hallowed, Pastor Andy. <laughs> and the word hallowed means to revere. It means um, holy. It means to be revered and honored. And that's what the, way, the, the word hallowed means. So when we say hallowed, we're saying, God, you're holy. You're to be revered. You're to be honored in our lives. So when we pray, it's good to recognise, you know, when we, when we come to God, when we sit down, when we kneel down before God, it's good to, to start by recognising that God is awesome. You know what the word awesome means? It means to inspire awe. And when you start to think about God, when you start to think about how he works and who he is, that always inspires awe. God is awesome. In a world where everything is awesome. Actually, there's only one who is truly awesome, isn't there? And that is God himself. And, and so it's good to come to God uh, from that perspective, that he is holy and he is awesome in, in every single way. And um, the only reason we can stand before him is because of Jesus. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross. So we have full access to him and he loves it when we run into his arms like a child would run into their father's arms. He loves that. But also, as we do that, let's remember that God is holy beyond anything, beyond anyone. He is perfect in every way. Yet, because of Jesus, we now stand holy in his sight. Perfect in the sight of God. We, we, we match his holiness because of what Jesus did. Only Jesus could do that. Only God could come up with a plan that caused us to be able to come into the presence of a perfect and holy God. Amen. So, you know, just thinking about who God is inspires awe. He is awesome. And the third thing, and this might be the last thing I'll talk about today, um, is uh, from verse 10. And uh, Jesus said, when you pray, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's just talk about that. So do you remember when Jesus first began doing miracles? um, He would say this statement. He says, the kingdom of God has come close to you, has come near to you. Remember, Jesus would say that. And then when he sent his disciples out into the towns and into the villages, um, Jesus said to them, um, go and preach the good news, go and tell people about the, the good news of the kingdom, the good news of me and, and my kingdom. And when you do miracles, when when people are healed and when people are set free from demons, tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. And, and I always thought, oh, that's, that's like a, a really interesting statement. The kingdom of God has come near to you. Um, and that's what happened when Jesus did miracles, When when God... God's mercy was, was poured out upon people who needed help, who needed healing, who needed deliverance. They would say, the kingdom of God has come near to you. It was a glimpse of the kingdom that was coming through Jesus. It was like God's kingdom, his dwelling place, heaven, was right here the whole time but not accessible. It was like it was another dimension that couldn't be accessed, another realm that couldn't be accessed. Thank you, Adam and Eve, for taking us out of that paradise, out of that Eden. Um, it was kind of like the kingdom of heaven was all around, but people weren't able to access or see it. But when miracles happened, Jesus said the kingdom of God has come near. So, so this kingdom that was another dimension suddenly was being revealed In this natural dimension. And then God's kingdom, of course, came when Jesus died on the cross and rose to new life. All who believe in Jesus are able to access the kingdom of God. We have full access to the kingdom of God. And when we pass away from this natural world, we will step fully into the kingdom of God. And we will receive our resurrected, our glorious, our eternal bodies Um, That we will live in for eternity. Um, But this kingdom we have access to now. When you become children of God, you become citizens of God's kingdom. Because God's kingdom isn't a natural kingdom like we know kingdoms. There's lots of countries in this world, there's lots of governments, lots of authorities, lots of kingdoms in this world. But God's kingdom isn't a natural kingdom, it's a spiritual kingdom that we have stepped into the minute. The moment, the very moment you put your faith in Jesus, you were born again. And do you remember in John chapter 3, Jesus um, has this conversation with Nicodemus, this Pharisee, this religious ruler. And Jesus says to him, you can't see or you can't access the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And then Jesus explained that you're born into this natural world the first time, born of flesh. But when you put your faith in him, you're born spiritually. Your spirit, the, the person that you really are, was dead, was dormant. But the moment you put your faith in Christ, you came alive to God. And you came alive to his kingdom. And, and, you, and, you, re, and you had access to the kingdom of God. And so that's what the disciples were doing. As, as Jesus' followers, they were taking the kingdom and they were saying, look, look, This is the kingdom of God. God heals, God delivers, God sets free. By believing in the good news of Jesus, you can be part of this kingdom. And every one of you, if you've put your faith in Christ, you are no longer cut off from the kingdom of God, but you have full access to God's kingdom. Isn't that wonderful news? I mean, that is the good news. It's the good news of the kingdom, that we are no longer cut off from God and his dwelling place, but you've become spiritually alive when you put your faith in Christ and you're a part of this new kingdom. And so when we pray these words, your kingdom come, I think to me it means three things, actually. Number one, it means, God, I pray that um, through my life, your kingdom would be displayed. When I pray for healing, when I pray for miracles, when I pray for your provision, when I pray for your wisdom, when I pray for your strength, God, Let your kingdom be revealed through my life. But also when when you say your kingdom come, you're remembering that you are now a child of of God and citizen of his kingdom. That actually you have full access to the kingdom of God. And not only that, you're praying that the future kingdom of God will come as well. That Jesus will take his rightful place and rule over the nations um, as will happen when he returns. And so... This kind of sets the ground for the rest of the prayer, which you're going to have to read in your own time because I, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to get through it anyway today. Um, and, and I just wanted this to be really that the main emphasis is what we talk about. That so Jesus said, pray that your kingdom would come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when I pray your kingdom come, I'm praying, I'm asking that the kingdom of God would be manifest or revealed through my life just as it was through the disciples, just as it was through Jesus. Because when people see the kingdom of God at work, they want more. They're like, what is this? What is this? This is a taste of, of, of what it means to walk with God, and I want more of this in my life. And then, of course, you pray, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? So in the kingdoms of this world, God, let your will be done in the kingdoms of this world, on earth, as it already is in heaven. God reigns supreme in heaven. And our prayer is that the reign of God, the power of God, the wisdom of God, the life of God would be revealed in the kingdoms of this world. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And do you remember another time Jesus taught about uh, what to his disciples that He said, whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Well, the the right translation of that is whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. So in other words, we're agreeing with what's going on in heaven and we are agreeing that it's going to happen on earth. Whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. Your will be done. Your perfect will that is already taking place in the heavenly realm, let it be seen on earth. Through my life, Lord, through my life. Through the lives of your people, God. Through the lives of family church. Through the work of family church. God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Praise God. So I'm just figuring out now how to finish. (laughs) So uh, let me just tell you my other points. I was going to talk about thanking God for his daily provision. Thanking God for his forgiveness. Thanking God for his deliverance. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, you are not weak. You are strong. You are well able to stand strong against every attempt of the enemy to uh, take you into sin, to to take you out of the will of God. You are well able to stand strong, but you just need to remember who you are. Just as Jesus did. Devil comes along when Jesus goes into the wilderness. If you're the son of God. And, and, and that's the, the, the scheme of the devil. That's what he does. If you're a child of God, if you really are, and you have to know who you are, we have to know who we are in him. Amen? Because then we can stand strong against every scheme. And then uh, the last point is uh, acknowledge who God is again. And it finishes in verse 13. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. He is an awesome God. Um, he He rules and he reigns supreme. And in your life and in my life, my prayer is that our hearts would be so submitted and our knees would be so bowed before God that everything God wants to do, he's able to do. And we don't get in the way. Our pride and our stubbornness don't get in the way of what God wants to do in and through our lives. So we're going to pray, uh, we're going to finish by praying the Lord's Prayer together um, in just a moment. Um, but before we do, um, I just want every single one of you, and I don't know so many of you, which is wonderful, good sign of growth. But I want everyone, one of you to know that God is a loving Father who loves you. Um, and he will never force his love upon you, just as he will never force his kingdom upon you. You have to say yes to God. He, he's, he's already presented it all to you. He's presented this new life to you through Christ. He, he has plans for your life to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. Um, the plan of Jesus for your life is that you would walk in abundance of life, even in this world, even in this corrupt and messed up world. God wants you to walk in abundance of life. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to do well. Um, he wants you to experience his healing. He wants you to experience his deliverance, even in this world. And he wants his kingdom to come in your life. Amen. So whoever you are, um, if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never accepted Jesus as your savior, then we're just going to pray a prayer right now before we pray the Lord's Prayer together. And we're going to pray a prayer right now. And it's your opportunity to say yes to God, to say yes to Jesus. Yes, Jesus, I believe in you. And I thank you that you died for me. But just say these words after me, please, all together. Say, Dear Father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard. And I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me. And you make all things new I surrender to you and want to take your path for my life so please fill me with your spirit and empower me to live a life that honors you thank you for loving me amen would you just keep your heads bowed if you prayed that prayer today and you've just made your peace with God You've accepted Jesus. You've accepted that Jesus died for you on the cross. That your sin is now forgiven. That you are now able to stand before God, perfect and holy in his sight. Not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus did. Would you just um, just raise your hand, wherever you're sitting, just raise your hand and say, yes, I prayed that prayer. I mean it with all my heart. I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus. Wonderful. If you've been walking away from God, but today you're here because you're coming back to him. Wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, you can just lift your heads up. So um, would you just stand with me as we as we close today? And I'm going to pass back to you, Pastor Jeff, after this. And uh, the words of the Lord's Prayer, just in case you don't know them, um, are going to be on the screens. Um, this is the traditional version because it's the one that I learned growing up. Um, So this is what's in my head and in my heart. Um, But I don't want to say these words. I don't want us to say these words with a lack of understanding. I don't want us to say these words just as a vain repetition. But let's make these words our words this morning as we pray this prayer together. Are you ready? Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.